When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. We'll speak to Amanda Ferguson, who is keeping her eye on Stormont yesterday. Good morning, Amanda. Good morning, Frank. Uh, it's very clear from speaking to you, Amanda, you know, what your views are, and you've, you've often expressed them uh, on the programme in relation to women's, women's rights. But if yesterday wasn't such an important day, whether you are pro-life or pro-choice, or as you say, pro-choice or anti-choice is I think the way uh, you prefer to describe it. If it wasn't such an important day also for uh, members of the LGBT community... If it wasn't such an important day for people who are just genuinely interested in politics and would like to see some normality in this country, if all of that wasn't so important, you could do a heck of a hole-in-the-wall gang skit on what happened yesterday. It was it was a it was an unusual day, uh, another sort of storm and circus. Uh, we're we're well used to this, but I think it's because we haven't had government for nearly three years. Uh, the staff at Stormont were shocked to see so many people descend on the Great Hall and, and outside to, to make their, their views known. It was um, an interesting sequence of events in, in the chamber yesterday um, as the DUP um, via the Attorney General sort of uh, attempted to block um, the law that was passing um, last night. Um, and then we had the unusual circumstance of, of the Speaker Robin Newton, who uh, is obviously a DEP uh, representative, but he has to be impartial in that role. And he came under a lot of pressure from Martin Foster, from Paul Given, from Edwin Putz, um, to acquiesce to what they were asking for, um, and he refused to. So it was uh, it was certainly uh, one to watch. And um, for, for a few hours, it sort of took away from... The, the decades of campaigning that have gone on um, by the LGBT community and by the pro-choice community, uh, but those law changes were secured at midnight. I know we don't have to go very far to see parliamentary activity that's embarrassing because there's plenty of that across in London. But were we even more exposed yesterday when we reminded the world just of how, and I I choose these words carefully, how pathetic we are here. Well, I think that in Britain, um, the eyes were focused on what was happening at uh, Westminster, so I'm not sure that the sort of chicanery in the Stormont Chamber was of that much interest to them. Well, Um, just on that, just on that, Amanda, it did make all the national news bulletins last night, because I I watched a a whole cross-section of television last night, and I was able to take phone calls from a couple of people I know in England who were saying, what are you at over there? 
Yes, well, I think people were more interested in the fact that the law was changing and then this, um, the sequence of events was a distraction to that and people couldn't quite work out what was happening. Um, but, you know, I, I spoke to you yesterday as I was just arriving at Stormont. I'd been speaking to, to pro-choice and anti-abortion uh, campaigners who were outside Stormont and then I, I came into the chamber to hear that the, there was some sort of uh, legal challenge ongoing and legal discussion between the Assembly Legal Services and the, the MLAs and uh, between the Attorney General John Larkin and the DUP and it wasn't quite clear for a little while what exactly was happening and I think some um, people started to panic a little, but you know they, they knew that the laws were due to change at midnight, and they were concerned that something was going to get in the way of that happening. Then we saw the the one hour um, in the chamber and uh, various walkouts and accusations of stunts and press conferences, um, and then the, the, the storm of day ended and, and the law changed. And what does it say to the Joes and Josephines around the country who voted for the politicians who haven't been doing their job? Now that we see some of them back, maybe maybe doing their best, some of the others doing their best to stymie them, what does it say to the electorate when we have politicians who behave like our politicians do? Well, I think that what, it, what yesterday said was it was the very last moment that an attempt could have been made to try and stop the law in some way. But that intervention could have happened at any point over the last number of weeks, uh, which is why I think the, the accusations of, of stunts and political theatre came into play. But I think actually what happened up at Storm yesterday has been damaging to the political process here because the members of the public have had to watch for the last two and a half to three years of there being no government, of, of there being no sittings of Parliament, of, of MLAs receiving their wages and then reduced wages. And then all of a sudden we have this flurry of activity for a couple of hours. Uh, over what? And as a number of people pointed out yesterday, you know, welfare reform, health readiness, poverty, climate, all of those um, big issues uh, that are affecting people as, as well as, as the social issues that we're talking about um, aren't being uh, properly addressed. And the, the civil servants up at Stormont can only do so much in the absence uh, of ministers. And, you know, what role has the British government got in this in terms of, you know, it can intervene when it wants to to... And make certain changes, but we, we obviously don't have a full direct rule and that would be welcomed by some people and not welcomed by others. So I don't think that what happened yesterday puts a restoration of Stormont any closer. I think it's actually been damaging because it, it put a mirror up to how poor the relationships are between um, our politicians. And that's why I was quite surprised to see the Secretary of State saying, you know, that, uh, that the gaps were closing because I, I don't really see that. Okay, Amanda's line's gone down, but we got the tail end of what she's uh, saying there. Uh, she doesn't see the gap closing between the politicians here in Northern Ireland. As a matter of fact, a suggestion that that gap is widening. It'd be very hard to argue with that. Alex Kane is on the line as well. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Frank. Alex, you know, uh, how do I phrase this that I don't sound too critical? But find some words of consolation for the Joes and Josephines that I often remark on, the ordinary, hard-working men and women of Northern Ireland who expect a bit more from our politicians. This was just a reminder, wasn't it, of the horlicks that it is here in Northern Ireland. I, I, I think, Frank, you summed it up, actually, because... I don't think anybody would have been surprised yesterday. I think, you know, they, it's just the nature of people. I mean, they just don't expect the politicians to rise to the occasion. And so I, I didn't meet anyone yesterday, particularly in, uh, in the afternoon, my, my 
picking up later, taking her back in front of school, chatting to people at the schoolyard, chatting to people in, you know, in shops and so on, and doing something stuff later, that people you fill in the car. Nobody, not one person came up to me and said, I'm shocked at it. They just shrugged their shoulders and said, you know, I won't use the words, mess up there, they'll never be able to do anything. And that's the problem. I remember saying to you about a year ago, one thing that I thought the politicians hadn't actually realised was that their actions or lack of actions had sucked the hope and enthusiasm and confidence of the general public of the elected. And the difference that people say about the gap between politicians and the public, the public have basically given up, Frank. There may be a few here and there think it would be good to see it up again, but there is no no expectation. You remember last week was it a thousand days they passed? I think we're a thousand and eight today. It was last Sunday something like that was a, a thousand days. A couple of hundred people, Frank. A couple of hundred people could be bothered to turn up and register the complaint. <laughs> Nothing else. Everybody just gets on, tries to get on with their life. You know, the parents helping out schools with a bit of money who can't get funding. You know, in some cases, I've seen people actually and they're trying to clean the, their own drains outside the papers and things like that. Because just a little thing, Frank, people are just like, not accepting that it, it's not going to happen from the Assembly end. It's worrying that, isn't it? You know, I, I know that you often wear the pessimistic crown, Alex, but it's very difficult for me to argue with anything that you're saying because I, I feel exactly the, the, the same way. And when you talk to people, when you have a conversation with people, they've given up on our local politicians. Absolutely. And funny you say about the pessimism. Frank, I find it used to be two or three years before the... the, the, the this assembly went down. I was still pessimistic about in terms of what was happening. People used to say to me, including all sorts of conferences and you know uh, briefings and you know CBI various organisations. Okay, let's try to be a bit more. See, they they're the, that's the that should be the most worrying thing for the politicians. They've given up, Frank. They have no expectation. I talked to a senior businessman about two weeks ago, but an issue which has been bugging him for about eighteen months now, and he's tried everywhere. He goes, he goes to an MLA, oh, we can't because I, we can't do that. You try and get a, a meeting at the end, oh, well, we can't because it's held up. You write to your MP, oh, well, we can't because that's technically the ball madness that has to be. And he has just completely, and he says, Alex, I speak for so many across so many of these organisations. We have, and they meet in various other so issues, we have given up. And bet your bottom dollar, if civic society is giving up, Frank, then, then lower down the scale, you know, where just the ordinary, your your Joe's and Joe's and they have, it's almost like they've abandoned it. And do you know what's also interesting? Because it would be possible. It's one of those moments that we saw, we saw back in uh, 97, 98. We saw it again in 2005, 6 and 7 with the, with the DUP in Sinn Féin this time. What we actually saw was the people on the ground putting pressure on the party leaders to make a deal. I remember seeing the people in the DUP and I said that back in 2007, you know, how are you going to get this through? And they've said, to me, actually, Alex, we're getting this through because we're getting pressure from our grassroots saying, look, this assembly's going to be up and running. You guys need to be in there. You guys need to make sure that you're representing us and so on, which would seem to tremble before. It's not getting on. Ask and train and they, for the DUP. And they will tell you privately, they're getting no pressure from their own grassroots to cut. No one's coming up to any of them and going, look, guys, swallow the humble pie. You know, give a concession here. Do a compromise there. Because uh, we really need this to be working neither side. Because if there was any sense that the people, the, the, the voters wanted that change, if they wanted this assembly, they would be putting pressure on. Because that's how, that's how progress is made. It come, the pressure comes from up. It doesn't come downwards, it comes upwards. And then that, in the absence of that pressure, politicians are also afraid to make a mistake or 
any sort of concession because they believe if they make the first move, they will be punished by their own side, not by anybody else. And again, that's another little manifestation of just how bad things are. And just it's that fact I keep saying over and over again, but my real concern, though, is, is that politicians haven't a bloody clue. They don't actually fully comprehend. Is you hear, oh, everybody wants it back up. Everybody gives it. Everybody's saying, nobody's saying that's right. It's, it, they're having a conversation in their own heads. They're talking about their own bubble somewhere. The reality is, you ask the vast majority of people in Northern Ireland, do they expect an assembly working cooperative? They would go, ah, oh, they can maybe do a deal, but there'll be nothing even if they do do a deal. That's, that's the reality of our assembly, Frank. That's about as negative as we can get. Alex, I thank you for that. I'll give a final word to uh, Amanda. At least we can look across the water, Amanda, and see a very smooth-running operation across Parliament. Yes, so there's, there's no comfort whenever you look over to, to what's happening at Britain. But um, I think that, like, today, you know, I, I put out on my Twitter feed, you know, so what's next? You know, what are we interested in next? And there's a huge range of concerns amongst the public in Northern Ireland around peace walls, around education, around educational um, underachievement, uh, around listening to loyalist concerns about the future of the UK, about nationalists who've checked out of Stormont because they don't think that it delivers uh, for their identity. So there's a huge range of issues. That, that still need to be tackled and I think that um, the, the two governments, the British and Irish governments are going to have to think again about how long um, this uh, sort of uh, circus or pantomime or however you want to describe it, uh, but Stormont is going to be sustained because Alex is right People don't want bad government. They don't want a, a return uh, to what we had before because it didn't really um, suit anyone. Uh, but of the overarching thing, and this is Brexit, because while it's so um, so much turmoil here, and while Brexit isn't settled, how possibly could we ever have? a return to devolved government while such a huge issue that's going to have such an impact on our part of the world is still undecided. Amanda, Alex, thank you very much. I know some of you will be getting out and about and back to raising money for your school or cleaning out the drains on the road at the front of your house. Uh, Some of the things that Alex made reference to that people are actually uh, doing themselves uh, because of the failure of those who we've elected. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.